Hey everyone, so I am back. This is Lead Her Shift, and we are about to talk to a, just another dynamic woman. We've been talking to a sequence of different women, but this one is extremely important. Why? Because we're going to be going in and delving into human resources. That's her expertise. That's what we'll be kind of starting off with. And it will give us another perspective of someone who's actually in the role of HR, working in the space with different leaders from around the globe. And that's Kim. Hi, Kim. How are you doing? I am good. How are you? <laughs> I am good. So I saw that. So I'm going to just literally jump into it. No. I saw that you kind of describe yourself as self-made, a self-made HR professional. <laughs> and I thought that was so interesting, right? So right. can you talk to me about that? Where did that come from? Why, why would you term self-made HR professional? What's that all about? Yeah. So I always say that either HR found me or I found HR. Okay. Um, <laughs> but for some reason, I have always been interested in HR, even before I knew all of the different aspects of HR. And that's from a very young age, maybe about right. 11 or 12. And back then, HR to me was more about helping people. That's, that's all I knew about HR, is that you're, you're in a position to help people, to meet people, to engage with people. So I delved into it a bit more. I asked questions, I spoke to professionals. Um, then in one of my second jobs, I sort of convinced my then boss that we needed an HR function. Right. <laughs> and I said, to, and I spoke to him about, you know, what HR meant to me, how I viewed HR. And he said, okay, fine, no problem. And so for me, it started there. Mm. Um, then I went into um, completing a certificate in HR. Then I moved into a diploma. Then I moved into a degree. Well-educated young I, lady. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and then, and even all of that whilst at work. So I never left Okay, nice. I did, it, I did everything correspondence. And then from then, from there, I moved on into an MBA, still specializing in HR, because for some reason, there was something that connected me to the HR function. Something, it was a passion, a deep passion that I needed to fulfill. So I was hungry for it. I was hungry to fulfill that mission of being in HR. Wow. And so the reason I say self-made is because everything I now know about HR, I found out from studying. I found out not because I had a coach and a mentor. Mm -hmm. And I think now maybe persons, you know, it's a reality for most persons to have a mentor. But back then it was just me. It wasn't just me being hungry to be in a position of HR because of what it meant to me. It was about the connection that I felt. Mm. Um, with that, with that particular profession. And, um, you know, even now I look back at my career, I look back at, at where I came from, plotting the dots. And I'm saying that to me was one of the purpose of my life right. because that not only changed, you know, for me personally, but for me professionally as a leader. Right. right, because in, in that profession, you're changing lives, you're serving others. And as much as in that profession, you, you have to be able to establish a level of equilibrium um, right. in the needs of the company um, and the needs of the staff. So you, you, you're almost trying to achieve synergies between the two. Mm -hmm. But it's, it, to me, it's such a beautiful position because you're serving, right? And it sort of dovetails into being a leader. Mm. Or, or leadership because you you're, you're you're changing lives you're affecting people in a positive way and for me and i always say if you if if you're somebody who's interested in hr it has to come you have to have that personality for it as well you know it's not just about the theoretical aspect of hr right but mm -hmm. almost you your who you are you know who you are as a person your character must sink into that position, if you, if you know what I'm speaking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so, so, you know, for those out there who might be listening and, you know, always hear about HR, whether they're employees who have an HR department or, you know, they're entrepreneurs who, who are aware 
of HR as a function, but not necessarily have it in their businesses yet, or mm-hmm. those medium companies who are now starting yeah. Yeah. to kind of establish that. Like, mm-hmm. was that concept like? Because you okay. know, typically okay. you would hear persons, you know, think, well, you know, that's the person that hires someone and fires someone. And, and <laughs> you know, <laughs> to, to, and this to me is is a misconception, right? Right. So for me, and let me, so and I'm, I'm happy you asked that question because most people, um, persons who maybe have met or persons who have heard speak about HR, sometimes when I when I hear the definition of HR, I like I almost sink on the inside, mm, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, because HR is not just about hiring and, and firing, you know. Right. And you look at HR like this monster, like oh my gosh, if you're called into the HR office, it's like freaking like. <laughs> <it> means, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get a pink slip. Yeah. But HR is so much more than that. It's all encompassing. HR is at the center of everything that happens in a company, um, and so HR is at the center of everything because HR has to one understand the needs of the company, the right. vision, the mission. And HR has to understand the talent around and how you connect the talent, the people with that vision. Without that, um, Alien, it's it's almost impossible in a way to fulfill your exact mission. Because mm. though as leaders we we at the you know we at the helm and we, we craft out what the vision should be or the mission or the objectives, the leaders are not the one implementing. Right. Those who are implementing are the team members. Right. Those on the front line who have to meet the customers, who have to speak to them, they are the ones who are really achieving that vision for you. And the reason I'm so passionate about that is because I was able to achieve it. And that's why I also say self-made. Right. Because when I, there's this one company I started with. And um, when I came, I, I, I said to my, my, my boss, then I'm like, what is your vision for this company? Mm. Right. I should not just be somebody who, you know, comes in and then I have a job description and it says, okay, well, to just come, you know, draft a policy or to review a policy. I want to be able to make meaningful change that you will see and that you will feel. Mm. But I need to understand what your vision is. Mm. Right. And without understanding that, what the vision is of the company. HR is not really able to fulfill its actual purpose in right. that company because HR has to understand what it is and work with the people to realize it, to see what it is, to change the culture, which is critical, mm. to adapt to the vision and to then implement. And so there are so many different aspects of HR. For instance, one of them, so an example I will give, if, for instance, company A's vision is to ensure to create um, a customer-centric environment. Right. If we have to ensure that this thing is a reality, we have to start with, okay, our recruitment or our talent strategy. Mm. Right? Who are we recruiting? What are, the, what are the personalities we're looking for? What are the That's attitudes, it. the attributes, the characteristics? Who are those people, right? Mm. And each one has to understand this critically to be able to get the right people to achieve that vision right and so that's one strategy another one could be your your manpower your resource planning if again the company's vision is to to be customer centric the current manpower that exists can they fulfill that Right. right. And you train them to be that. And if you cannot train them to be that, then what can we do? What can we put it in place to ensure that the people that we have currently can fulfill that vision? Yeah. Right? And there are so many aspects that, you know, there is a cultural strategy. There is the reward strategy for form. There's so many aspects of HR. And I love speaking about it because it's <laughs> my passion. You can tell, you can tell, honestly. <laughs> but it's like, it's, it's like one of those things because, you know, I think generally when you are either growing a business, building a business or in the deep, um, in the deep neck of a, a Fortune 500 company, mm-hmm. oftentimes HR kinds of com- comes off as like this admin type role. You know, yes. And, <laughs> and, and, and also, I think it's so interesting what you said in terms of aligning the vision with 
essentially the talent and understanding the personalities because we 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 often i think one of the misconceptions as well that you have of human resource professionals is that their role is to hire for the particular tasks that are to be done Mm -hmm. as opposed to also considering the personality type who's going to come in and affect or adjust or completely transform the culture and it has to be kind of aligned both talent ways in terms of the skills the abilities of this individual but also aligning that with with their who they are as a person not just their skill you know and that's critical right because and that that's where a lot of companies go wrong that we hire you know, we, we hire just for the task, yeah. right? And I always say we, we can train somebody to get a task done, but we cannot train them to have the right personality. Personality, that's and it. That, and that's why you have to start from the very beginning. Beginning, yeah. Of the people who you bring, because you, what you will find is that you, you spend thousands of dollars and you waste months of training the wrong person because the person has the wrong personality for the Gee. job. Yeah, that's important. That is so powerful, you know, because I feel like many, I, I, you know, I try to speak to as many HR professionals as possible, but I also feel like many don't necessarily get it, but also they're, they're kind of forced to, to not model that because of the culture of the company anyway. So, you know, yeah, let me add on that. (laughs) It's interesting that you brought that point up. Mm-hmm. So remember I said earlier on, <clears throat> the person in the role of HR must have the right personality. Right. Must also be very dynamic. Right. right. Because there are leaders or persons who you work with, maybe your other executive um, colleagues or, or the CEO, who really do not necessarily believe in HR. Right. right? Who believe that. Uh, HR is just administrative and so you just have to be a paper pusher you have to go you you know you have to schedule leave and this is not HR yeah when we speak HR this has nothing to do with HR this is just one aspect of it Mm. and more the tactical administrative side because every function has an administrative side so I was just supposed to say that (laughs) yeah but HR is HR is it HR is at the center of everything and so if somebody is serious so for persons who are listening if persons, if there are persons who are serious about being a serious HR manager, if you don't have the personality, you have to try to find the personality because mm-hmm. there will be persons who one will either because of their personality type may not listen to what you have to say. Yeah. They just think, well, um, okay, why are you saying those things? Because you, you know, you, you, you're, you're administrative, right? Yeah. And so that person has to be dynamic. That person has to be, be at that executive table to, to not just take decisions, make decisions and get people to understand their role in the company and to take them seriously. And so when sure. I look at uh, persons who are part of, you know, the professional, um, the HR professional realm, um, I see persons who are in a, 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 a function, an HR function, but they, those persons do not have the personality to make meaningful change because right. of personality you have to be a strong person as a HR professional you yeah. have to be dynamic you have to be able to command respect and attention yeah right? and, and, and as you think because um I don't know if you you may be familiar with or not but there's there's the assessment tool called disc yes and I I find that generally or it's my perception that generally HR professionals should kind of have a balance of all four personality types in mm-hmm, the sense mm-hmm. that there must be a point where you are dominant you are you know a bit more assertive you are a bit more tactful about what you say how you say it. you push yes. for a particular agenda yes. and you you kind of get that point across but then there are times when you need to be a little more compliant where you All know right. you're right you know right. <laughs> you're a little HR more has to be able to embrace yeah um, I mean, and know changing. how to shift based on the exactly. cir- circumstance. Yeah, you're not changing. You're not necessarily changing who the person is, but the person needs to be able to change to be able to suit what is required. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, and as you're saying, there are times when 
for instance, I will be that person with that deep personality yeah. who says to my boss, no, this is not right. No, yes. this is not how we tackle this. This is what we should do. But I'm also the other person who, depending on the situation, would be a bit more steady and say, okay, yes. well, you know that sort of thing? Yeah, just and let's so, get it done, you know, just exactly. take our time. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Because you're also, you know, and so that's the reason I also love um, the concept of, of uh, John Maxwell, which is the velvet covered brick. Yeah. Right? Because that leader makes difficult decisions, right? right. Maintains his or her position regarding policies, processes, and, and the need for quality. But at the same time, this leader is also the velvet that is open mm. to ideas, encourages feedback, listens mm. to problems, finds solutions. So you have this velvet covered brick. That brick is beneath. So mm -hmm. my standards are going to be that. And this is what I expect. Mm. But at the back of that, I'm also this kind of person you can come and speak to because the outside is soft. That velvet yeah. is, is nice and soft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You open, you can, you, you have a convert, you want to um, have a discussion about something that's affecting you. You come to speak to me, we engage, we connect and we find a solution. Right. And that's why I love the concept of a velvet covered brick because you're that. not yeah. compromising your standards. No, mm -hmm. the standards are what it should be. But I am a person just like you are a person I'm understanding, I'm compassionate, I'm kind, I'm generous, mm -hmm. and I want to help you. That's right? amazing, Kim. This, and, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Yes, that's that's so, totally amazing. So what's your thoughts on, you know, I'm going to be a little controversial here for a second and, you know, throw this at you. Oftentimes in the HR space, and this is a global thing I've seen, yeah. you know, where HR is primarily women, you know, and, you know, it's that, it's that role that men are often as involved in. They are some, but they're not the majority, you know. What do you think that is? Like, what's that you about? Know, I can also say about that. That. Let me tell you, I can also say that for a number of other roles. Right. <laughs> like so, engineers, predominantly yeah, and it's men. Yeah, and it's flipped. Yeah. So in every position you have, you, you, depending on what it is, you find the majority are women and the majority are men. Mm -hmm. But, I, you know, I haven't really thought, like gone into that, but just from what your, your question, um, I think... I might be wrong, but I mm -hmm. think men tend to think that possibly similar to being a nurse, <laughs> right? Yeah. Men see that profession as more like a, 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 a nurturing, uh, like being in a nurturing position, right. um, being more in a, uh, so you might see it as <clears throat> somebody who is very motherly, right? right? Um, mm. um, so similar to being a nurse, cause I have, I have, I have, I have spoken to persons who have indicated that, you know, and that's men, right? Um, when they were growing up, they always wanted to be that. But then as mm. they grew up, somehow there became this sort of stereotypical view that if you're, uh, if you're a male and you're a nurse, it means that there is something wrong with you, wrong. Mm. right? And I think it might be similar with HR, like they see HR as a, a nurturing kind of profession. Right. And a lot of masculine men, I guess, see something wrong with that because for them, you know, and again, from the days of our, our, our parents, grandparents, mm -hmm. great grand, um, women have a particular role. Right. And men have a particular role. It's and more that so, kind of traditional correct mindset yeah mm. exactly and exactly and for me it might just be a mindset thing yeah um but if you're in hr it, it means that you're more <laughs> on a nurturing sort of spectrum mm. as opposed to being an engineer or an accountant right mm. so I, I might be wrong but it, it's just my view on, on what I. <sighs> that's <think>. interesting <laughs> that's interesting i feel like i need to do a poll like i'm so curious about that specifically but tell me a little bit more about kim pre-HR you know you you've gone through kind of this journey of you know being engulfed in this career and being on this path of kind of wanting to serve others in this way but tell me a little bit about what did life look like when HR wasn't really a thing 
<laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> I can't, I, to be quite honest, I can't recall mm-hmm. this length of time or period of time where it wasn't about HR for me, mm-hmm. right? For as long as I can remember, even growing up, and as I said before, like my, like I was so determined. And I remember a couple of years ago, I had a strategic meeting with some of my, my managers. Mm-hmm. And then we had to put this sort of blank sheet on your back, on each other's back, right? And then everybody wrote how they saw you. Right. And three out of those comments were determined. That, that, those were the comments. Wow. Um, because, and that has always been my personal, personality, that from, from as long as I can remember, I, ha- I have always been this determined person. I'll give you one example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never really shared that. <laughs> um, but I'm sharing it with you just to give you a little idea of, of Kim, right? So um, back then I was at A-level. Mm-hmm. And um, the other dream job for me was to be um, an air hostess. Oh, right? nice. Mm-hmm. For some reason, again, um, I just loved how they looked, how, you know, how they positioned themselves, how they dressed, right? Mm-hmm. Attending to people. I'm like, I really, really would just like to know what it would be just, you know, to be an air hostess, like just to be there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how do I do that? <laughs> So I remember I was home and um, I called, I called American Airlines um, and um, somebody answered. I said, uh, I'm just calling to find out whether there are any positions available. Mm -hmm. I'm just part time because I'm going to school. And she said, no, we have no positions available. I'm like, "Hmm." in my mind, in my mind, I would not stop there. Right. So I stayed there. I thought about it. Then 30 minutes, I picked up the phone again. And I asked to speak to the general manager. Right. Um, and she said, okay. She put me on and I said the same thing to him. I said, um, you know, I'm going to school, but I wouldn't mind um, just finding a part-time job um, at the airport. Just, you know, I explained to him why. And he said, well, we really have no positions available. So I said, okay, can I come down to see you? Yeah. <laughs> he was almost taken aback, right? <laughs> So he said, um, okay, you know, like <laughs> a little ambivalent because he already said that there are no positions, there are right? No po- yeah. Mm-hmm. So I went down, dressed and everything. Um, it took me like about 45 minutes again there. I still went and I sat down with him. And in that interview, when we were done, he said to me, I have never, ever been in a position where I'm having an interview with someone and this person is interviewing me. He said, it has never happened to me. And I was just, I was asking him a question. So I think he was really thrilled. Do you know he gave me the position, the part-time oh, position? <laughs> that is amazing. I landed the position because I was just so determined. And my whole life has been that way. Like, if there is something that I really want, I, and, and the thing is, Elliot, even if... You know, somebody says no to me, like it's not possible. Mm-hmm. In my mind, it is possible. There is it some is, yeah. way. Even if today didn't work out, then maybe it's going to work out in the next week or the next month. But I have, but for me, and it's again, I guess, having faith and, and belief. Right. That, you know, whatever you want, if you, if you believe it, it is, that it's going to happen, eventually it will. It will. It will. That's true. That has been my, 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 that has been my, my story, my life. Um, but, even when I did my, um, when I applied to do my, um, my master's and I was still mm-hmm. working and it was a lot. And, but I convinced myself that it was that important that I finished it. It was that important that I got my, my, my master's and I did it. Yeah. And, 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 I know you may ask me that later on, but I will just <laughs> go ahead and say it. Uh-huh. <laughs> if there is one thing that I can say to persons out there, it's to never, ever give up. Mm. Never, ever. If there is something that you're passionate about and something that you want to do and you always wanted to do, it may not work out today, it may not work out tomorrow, but eventually it will work out. Because to me, everybody has a journey. Our journeys are all different. Right. And also, and also if, it might not even work out how you expect it to. It might even be better than you even correct. imagine, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. 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 And and that's the thing I think for most professionals, um, we get caught up in the disappointment. We, we get yeah. caught up 
in the fact that something has not worked out. And so, like you rightly said, it may not have worked out like you wanted it to, but it will work out eventually. You just just never give up. Never, yeah. ever give up. Like I, I didn't give up on this position. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I mean, that's a different, that's another level of, of determination there, you know, because a lot of people, I think one of the things I got from that as well is that even as young people, young people or even older people tend to take the first answer as gospel. And they don't question the first answer. So sometimes the first answer might be no. Sometimes the first answer might be maybe. Sometimes the first answer will be like, I'll get back to you. But we yeah. take it and we, in some ways, we, na- we make that answer, if it isn't yes, a negative. Correct. And we hold on to that negative, not realizing that there's so much things that could be happening in that person's day, in that person's life, that might exactly. just be hindering that progress for now. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Exactly. So, Kim, you've been in this HR space over the past 14 years or so, and or more, and I know you've seen a lot. You've worked with, with different entities, and I know you've seen a lot. What would be the one thing you would say if 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 an employer could shift one thing either in their culture or in the company in general to serve their their teams? What's one thing you think is missing in some of these companies? Hmm. One of the main things. Um, I'm not sure if people have realized it, but it's to treat your employees like individuals and not as a statistic. Mm. That is so critical. So yes, we spoke earlier on about um, companies, uh, you know, ensuring that um, or realizing that HR is critical to ensuring mm-hmm. that their, their vision is materialized through through their people. That's one aspect. But we need to we need to go back to basics. Right. We need to, we need to treat people, employees like individuals first before we treat yeah. them. So there's a difference. There's the employee and there's the individual. The individual comes first. The individual is who that person is. Right. Before that task and before that assignment, it's who treat them like individuals treat them like they're people yeah like you care about them and if we have to go back to basics basics you know as people we we want to know that we're important we want to know that people care about us we want to know that we mean something that we're of value Mm. right and I, I find a lot of companies treat the employees like statistics so you hear the comments that um you know this person is 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 um um is not um indispensable you know i, I can just replace that person into right. and so if she goes you might can get and they, you know we, we're missing the point because this person is living with all of the knowledge with all mm. of the experience with mm. everything that you have trained and then you're going to bring somebody else and have to do that all over again. Meanwhile, you're losing so much in that time frame because you're starting all over. Yeah. So companies need to learn and need to go back to basics and treat their employees like individuals. Show them that they're important. Show them that you care. And you know, this goes such a long way. You know, mm. once your employees feel this, this warmth, this this touch that they're they go a very long way yeah and when you need them to perform beyond what is normal maybe to assist with a critical project or something when your employees feel that they're truly aligned with you they they, they do so much they go yeah they so go above much. and beyond they go above and beyond yeah. they follow wherever you lead sometimes yeah. not even asking questions yeah yeah right and i think if companies just understood that and acted in that way that people are important, right? And they should not just say it, but they show their team members that they are important. You're, and, and I have realized it. I have, I, and the reason I'm saying that, because I know it. I mm-hmm. know that if you treat your employees the right way, 
there is nothing you will ask them to do that they won't do. And, and I the, can say that it's a fact. And that's <laughs> the thing, because I think we forget that in hiring in a particular role, that is a human being in that role, a human Correct. being with feelings, with emotions. You know, we need to kind of show a level of empathy in different situations. But do you think generally, because I've, I've spoken to a lot of executive leaders, I've, I've coached them, I've done consultations in different companies. And yeah. oftentimes, depending on the personality of the leader, there's there's this misconception that, you know, they're in the role of leadership. So why why is leadership development important? You know? So my question to you would be is how how critical do you think getting continuous, consistent leadership development is for any particular company? Oh let me tell you the concept of <laughs> let me tell you this is so multifaceted um <laughs> like maybe we'll be speaking for hours because there's so many aspects to 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 it there's so many aspects to it right um leadership to you know leadership is such a beautiful thing alien like it, it, it it's a unique and fortunate position to be right. in because you're yeah. changing lives yeah you're you're making a difference Right. So yes, it's also about achieving the right le- level of equilibrium, like I mentioned before. But the one amazing thing is that you you're there to help others be the right. best version of themselves, mm-hmm. and, and that's the one one of one of the critical quintessential things that leaders need to understand is that you you're really there to help somebody. You're not there to serve your needs. You're there to that, serve the needs of everybody else. That's the thing. And you're there mm-hmm. to help people be the best version of who they are right but you also need to build on that you you're you're not just you're, you're not just building on today you're building for tomorrow you're building for mm. um the next month the next year and so that is critical to be able to harness right right because if you have to leave you want to make sure that whoever who's going to replace you understand what it is to be a leader has the virtues of a leader right right understands what it is to be in that position and that that position is really about serving the needs of others. That's right. a critical thing, right? So sometimes we think that, uh, okay, well, if this, this manager leaves or whatever, we're just going to get somebody else. It doesn't mm. just work like that. Yeah. <laughs> right? It doesn't. And I always say that the higher up you're in an, in a, in an organization um, or the higher or the more demanding your position is, the more important it is to, to, to be emotionally intelligent. Yeah. Right? It's not about your IQ it. anymore. It's not about yeah. the fact that you can run through a spreadsheet in less than a second. Yeah. It's not about, you know, it's not that. When you're in that position, you it's about your emotions, understanding who you are, understanding mm. how your personality and who you are affects others around you. Because that's the thing. Leaders refuse. Maybe they're not refuse, but they maybe they fail to realize that who they are as a person affects the people around them. Now, mm. when you have a leader who is not emotionally intelligent, who doesn't understand who he is or who she is, then that person can be so offensive to others without even knowing because that person doesn't understand who they are. Right. Their emotions and being aware of them, of, of themselves. Mm. And, and that's critical. An executive member of mine a couple of, of years ago, I said, you know, as a CEO, as a GM, it's not about your IQ. It's about how you work with people. Mm. This is what will determine your success as a leader. Yeah. So your team members are not really, you know, because you, you, as a leader, you're hiring people with the right skill as well to get the job done. So you're not focused about what skill you have. They're yeah. focused about how you inspire them about how you lead them and mm. about how you help them. Mm. Those things, those things are critical. That, that is it. Cause I think one of the things that we forget in leadership positions or one of the things that some leaders do forget is that it's not about you. Exactly. So you got the role, you, you got the role you wanted, but recognizing that the role you wanted requires you to serve other people, <laughs> you know, right. like it's, no, exactly. not, it's exactly. not about you, you know. And that's the other thing, you know, I've heard managers, uh, you know, make 
comments similar to, um, you know, they have to understand who I am. You know, mm. they, they have to know who I am. They have to know the type of person. And, you know, every, you know when, when you hear that, it, especially if it doesn't, it doesn't sink well with your, your spirit, it yeah. affects you. And, and that's what leaders need to understand. Your team member, it's not about your team members understanding you and yeah. finding a way to work with you. You have to understand them, them because yeah. you need them to follow you. Mm. That's the most critical thing. If you want your team to follow you and to follow where you lead, you need to understand them to get them to, to be inspired by where you lead, if not the other way around. Because, because I think what, they, what persons tend to forget, again, is that they are the ones who are implementing your vision. That's so it. If, so just imagine you have a vision that, you know, in five years, maybe you would be the, 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 the most sought out company or whatever it may be. And it, it looks brilliant on paper, but you're not the one doing it. So mm. how do you then get your team to fulfill that vision if they can't follow your lead? Impossible. That's, that, yeah, that's so powerful, Kim. And <laughs> we could, I feel like we could talk about this far we'll have to do a part two but yeah like i feel like we need to do a part two honestly but like what's your thoughts generally on or should i put it this way so taking all all that aside mm-hmm. where where does kim see herself in 2040 like what is oh my what, god <laughs> Is there any forward thinking? You know, we talk about succession planning and all these different things in HR. What is Kim's oh my plan? Wait, 2040. Okay, so let me just first say, knock on wood, if I am around. You, what do you mean? You can be around. In 2040. <laughs> but, um, so, right. Um, taking into consideration what I'm most passionate about, well, mm-hmm. we know that I'm passionate about HR, but I'm also very passionate about mental health. Right. Um, so I see myself um, in a position where, again, I'm serving others. That to me will never change. Right. Right. And everything that I have amassed, everything that I have experienced, the journey that I'm on, and I think we all go through that journey to be able to tell a story, to be able to help somebody else. And that's, and that's the other thing that we were speaking about earlier on our purpose in life. Right. You know, what is our purpose on earth? So I also think as well um, that one of my, my purpose has been through um, uh, leading HR, right? Because through HR, I have been able to change so many lives. Right. I have been able to change so many lives positively. So I think that's one aspect of it. But on a more global scale, I want to be able to reach people, not just in the Caribbean or in Miami, but throughout the world. Like, how do I give of myself mm. with what I know, with what I have been taught, with what I have learned? Because so many people out there are crying for help. And as we said before, are not speaking about it. And mental health is a significant thing. Now, yeah. the, the misconception with mental health is that when persons hear mental health, they think, oh my gosh, then this person is, it means that the person is bipolar or yeah. schizophrenic or mm. whatever. But mental illness is so all-encompassing. All and so mental illness could just be that the person is suffering from anxiety, yeah. is having panic attacks, um, um, is nervous. You know, those, and, but the thing is, because there is this taboo with regards to mental health, persons are not speaking up, right? right? And I believe that, you know, our best lives are lived through our thoughts, what we tell ourselves. Mm. And so how could persons live their best lives if they're tormented with thoughts, like negative thoughts, that, that, that get them to think that they can't live their best lives? Mm. And I know it exists because I have spoken to persons who, you know, for whatever reason, didn't want to speak about it. And then after having a conversation with them, you know, it's, it's just some simple things alien is just about having a conversation as you said before being that support and just listening to somebody to change their view of something mm. because the things we think of the most is what is what uh propels um our success or our failures in life that's it right that and is that, it 
it, it's, it's critical. And because I know that, I want to be able to tap into that because it's something that's missing. People right. are not speaking. People are not saying anything, but it exists. It exists. I have this saying that we live our most beautiful lives in our mind because that's where mm. it starts. Our that's most, powerful. Yeah, that, that's where... So for persons who aren't able to travel or visit different cultures or whatever it may be, our best lives are lived in our mind. That's where it starts. That's where it starts. So who we become is based on the things that we think of the most. So mm. if we're thinking of um, negative thoughts, if we're thinking of um, limiting beliefs, we will never be able to, guess what? That's what we attract to us. Mm. But if we're thinking of more positive things about where we want to be, about our life, about then we attract more of that. And the other thing I want to mention as well, and I think it's critical for people to understand, is that a thought leads to a feeling and mm. that feeling leads to an action right so if my thought is that i am ugly then i get a mm. i get a bad feeling about that because i'm ugly so i'm 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 feeling that oh my gosh people you know there are people out there who who, who won't like me there are people out there who hate me and then how do i act i stay home i stay uh, home right mm. and so the more i think something and the more I feel it, it's like a domino effect. So if I feel that way and I act that way, then more thoughts come into my mind that tells me, hey, you are really ugly. You really need to right. see Right? And then over time, those thoughts um, mushroom into other issues, like mental issues. And that's mm. why men, men, um, uh, mental illness is, is so huge and so multifaceted because it's those very thoughts that changes our minds and our feeling and changes the patterns of our brain. And so our brain over time changes because of what we feed our brain. Right? Do you think, do you think though leaders have a responsibility to their teams in this regard? Like how far does mental health become a leader's I don't want oh to say necessarily responsibility, but becomes part of I, yeah, I, I how think, they lead, you know? Yeah, I think leaders need to be aware of it. Right. You see, once you are aware of something, mm -hmm. then you know what you must do to change it. Mm. You know what you have to do so it doesn't happen. Yeah. Now, uh, I wrote an article on, on that exact thing. Mm -hmm. Mental health, I, I think it's important that leaders understand how critical um, being aware of mental health is in the workplace. Yeah. Because there are so many issues that happen as a result of mental health. You know, um, you have issues with productivity. You have issues with effectiveness. You have issues right. with efficiency. You know, there's a whole spectrum of issues. You know, one example is that somebody comes in late every single day. And then you might think, well, this person is just, you know, who they are they're they're always tardy they're you know they're not serious you know this person has an attitude and this person only to realize that when you really dig deep into it it has nothing to do with productivity mm. that person is going through some issues at home yeah right that's causing them um to be late whether it may be financial issues whether it may be a divorce or a breakup or an issue with their child but that person will not tell you and so right. what, what we have seen through statistics is that employees will lie, right? They, they, they might fabricate the truth and say, well, it's some other issue that mm -hmm. you don't think it's a mental issue, again, because of that taboo. But statistics have also shown that employers lose millions of dollars every single month because of some mental issue in the workplace, mm. right? You may see a team member at his or her desk, and um, you, okay, he, he looks as if he's doing an okay job, but you notice something different about him, right? Um, maybe he looks a bit disheveled. Maybe he's spaced out. You know, those right. sort of things. They're always, they're always clues, you know. Right. right? And so if, if we have to speak about it, we're going to go into so many different I things. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it's just, it's so fascinating because I think we don't, we often don't um, make the linkage we between leading leading team members and being mindful of their mental well-being and how yeah. you can also create a culture where their mental well-being is at the center of of 
how we develop a productive team, you know? Exactly. Now, let me give you one example where that's mm-hmm. concerned uh, regarding mental, mental issues. Um, so again, when we spoke about leaders need to understand that, you know, the employees come first and they need to treat employees um, like individuals and care for them, support them. When you're a leader who, who has not understood those elements right. um, and understood how your personality and attitude affects others, mm-hmm. you tend to do things and say things that affects your team members' mental health, right? Mm. So it may be that you, you're shouting at that person. It may be that you're saying to this person, they're not worth it and they're, they're slow um, and they're causing issues for you, and, you know, that sort of thing. We don't understand how impactful our words have right. on a person's mental health. And that is, that, that is so crucial. The things that we do and the things that we say can affect persons to the point of view that we're creating mental issues for them. Yeah, because as, right? as, as you put it, you're almost planting that seed of thought exactly. that translates into the feeling and then the action, Correct. you know? Correct. So if my leader, who in my view is, you know, the person who is supposed to lead me, if that person sees in me somebody who's worthless, mm. um, somebody who can't get the job done, if I already have a weak personality, I'm going to ruminate on that. All I'm going to tell myself over and over, I'm not worth it. I'm not worth it. I'm not worth it. Oh my gosh, I'm not worth it. And then it's that internal conversation that we have that nobody sees. Mm. right nobody sees it but us but it's happening and Mm. over time we create employees who are more unproductive employees who create more issues because we have started or continued the problem Mm. of 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 mental mental issues wow right and and i and that's the thing it's you know when you when you're working with people there are so many things that you have to think of. That's why I said leadership is a beautiful position to be in. Yeah. A position because you're changing lives. But as a leader, you need to understand how you're changing those lives. Right? Because you could change those lives for the good and also for the bad. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> right? I think that's, I think that's the, uh, the caveat <laughs> of, of leadership. Because leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And yeah. influence could be bad or good, you know? Exactly. So is is really exactly. positioning yourself as a leader. How how do I want to influence? If I want to in, influence positively, then there's a certain way I need to be and adjust my personality and be mindful exactly. of person's well-being and all these different things, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Now, I I speak of those things because I have gone through some examples. Um and only to realize after speaking to somebody, it's something that their boss said to them right mm. and, and over over a period of time it has caused so much distress that that person one didn't want to come to work wow that person two when they came to work they were just there they were just a body mm. right their, their body was there but their mind was they weren't mentally present right and that leader might be there saying but you know here we go again. You know, this person is so unproductive. This person needs to go. I need to terminate those pers- this person. Not realizing that they <laughs> were or, or, or he or she was the reason why. Behind all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's, it's, you know, when, when, when I think of that, when I think of leadership and I'm, you know, persons, you know, the persons in leadership growth, you know, they're in a leadership position. It comes with this, it comes with that. that that's not what it is. It's not just about the books. Yeah. <laughs> You're in that position to serve. So how will you serve? So do you see your role primarily as a professional? Like I know you were in different spaces, but do you see your yeah. role as helping to build up other leaders or or do you see yourself as the leader who influences them or both it's a bit of both okay absolutely um it's a bit of both you you're influencing but you're also building persons building persons right it's it's Mm -hmm. it's not more of one and less of the other it 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 really is a blend Mm. um and it's really what it calls for um at the time you you in in either space you're influencing yeah, that's yeah, it. That's it. You're influencing, and so that influence had better be positive. 
that <laughs> that's it oh my gosh kim this has been truly amazing honestly and i feel like we've said so much but so little at the same time because there's so much that we could talk about yeah so indeed, just indeed. to start to wrap up yeah my my any final thoughts anything if you could share any thought to those who are listening about what importance it is to have an understanding of leadership what would that one thought be so to wrap up what i have said i'll still stick with the fact that as a leader you again you're in a unique position to serve that that is the calling as a leader it's nothing to do with um the seniority of the position nothing to do with the perks but in that position you're serving others to make a meaningful difference mm. i i think that's the one thing i i want person out there to persons out there to understand what difference are you making and how are you serving when you look back on your stint as a leader can you truly say that you have made an impact can you really say that mm. you have served others and made a meaningful difference that those people can then go out there and make a meaningful impact because that's what it is you make that impact you teach others so that those persons can then go out there and teach others mm. that's a quintessential thing about leadership you training persons and you might even train them to be better than you <laughs> yeah that's But it you training them to go out there and to be better people and to make a difference a meaningful difference that's i think that's the perfect place to wrap up because okay. it's in the understanding that not only is leadership not about you but putting your mindset into the frame of mind that it's about serving others and truly create an impact not only for them because it is that understanding that it doesn't stop with those who you've served exactly. but it continues as a ripple effect to others exactly. they will serve exactly and that's exactly. the beautiful thing about this <laughs> thank you so much kim i feel no like your input especially regarding human resources has been absolutely valuable i know someone will take this knowledge and run with it but more than that I feel like so much came out in terms of mental health and well-being, leadership, understanding women's role or women's part in this, yeah. but also kind of learning learning the essence of of what is required to truly align the vision of any entity with the talent yes. and the personalities that fit into that culture so thank All you right. so much for that kim it was a pleasure and we need to do this again but it was an of absolute course pleasure. yes we, we listen we, we need to do part series of this because i feel like there's so much more we could talk about but for now that has been lead her shift we have yes. been running this episode another dynamic woman kim has been amazing our self-made hr professional from doing big things around the world and i want to thank you so much for that Thank you so much it was a pleasure <laughs> <laughs>